Hey there everyone, and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. It's Sunday evening on the 6th of December. I'm your host Will Prof, relaxing here with a nice glass of Australian Shiraz after an excellent weekend of biathlon over in Contialati. Uh, we took a look at the sprint races on Friday's show, so please go and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, but today we had our final pursuits and relays of the weekend, and it was Sweden who will probably be taking home most of the headlines with a bit of redemption for Norway today. Fantastic weekend. Um, it both individually and the team races for Sweden. We'll be taking a look at all of those relays, winners, as well as dissecting some horror shows for Norway and France. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at some absolutely fantastic racing in the pursuits. That's right, we had uh, two absolutely awesome pursuit races this weekend. Uh, I'm going to start with my favourite race, which was the one we've just seen. And it was a big dose of redemption for Norway's Tyrolekov in the women's pursuit. Uh, After a really tough start to the season, uh, the smile was back on Tyrrell's face. It did leave for a little bit moment as uh, smile was replaced by surprise when she took a little tumble off the line there. Uh, But a clear shoot, all 20 down, under real pressure in that final stand shoot, neck and neck with Roisland and Erberg. But the absolute performance of the day going to Ekhoff with that victory. Um, and it was a real change from what we've seen so far this season. Absolutely no panic on the range for her. She was skiing hard as well, giving herself plenty of time to compose, set her position for each shot. Especially at the end there. Um, she was neck and neck with, as I say, Roysland and Erberg. They both got off to a faster start with the uh, shoot, but both missed. Ekhoff must have seen that happening, but kept her nerve, kept her head. Um, it was just a really impressive day overall from from her. Um, when looking at that shooting in particular, she lost uh, 12 seconds throughout the four shoots to Erberg. Uh, but obviously going clear makes that all okay, all worthwhile. If we compare that to the uh, standing shoot in Thursday's sprint, where she was actually shooting faster than both of the Erbergs on that day, um, and Roisland. Um, but she missed two on that day, obviously, and ended up back in back in eighth place. Um, she mentioned afterwards that she basically credited uh, Siggy Maze, the Norwegian coach, with that change in her shooting. So it was a, a calculated change, a good change from uh, Ekhoff and, and Maze there. And something that, as we'll take a look at, maybe Emilia and uh, Jacqueline needs to uh, take note of, I reckon. Uh, quite interesting, after the race in uh, Ekhoff's interview... She uh, she mentioned that she sort of described the difficulty in getting motivated uh, at the start of this season. Obviously, with the pandemic on, no fans in the stadium. She said she struggled with motivation. Um, something that I think it's going to be quite hard to to really understand how it's affecting the athletes. You could, it's easy to say, oh well, they've missed a shot here, missed a shot there, but um, obviously it's special circumstances at the moment. And uh, and Echo alluded to that in uh, comments afterwards. Um, so something to think about when we're noticing these sort of off-par performances from the uh, the athletes this season. Behind Ekhoff, it was the battle between Roisland and Hannah Erberg. Absolutely loved seeing them shooting neck and neck, shot for shot on that uh, on that third shoot, the first of the standing shoots. Uh, both missed one then, 
Um, we're joined by Ekov for the shoot for the win. Three going for it. Fantastic entertainment there. It's good skiing from Roisland as well. Um, she accelerated really nicely away from Herberg up the uh, the sort of small hill before really powering away up the massive hill there, the wall um, at the end. Um, Herberg did admit afterwards to having quite a lot of fatigue in the race after her performances this weekend. I mean, who can really blame her? Um, but yeah, she did look it looked a bit leggy going up that final climb. Roisland uh, looking good, looking powerful uh, to take that second place. Erberg uh, down in third, but good races all round for the uh, top three. Uh, as it was for Alimbakeva in fourth, a career best finish for the Belarusian. Really good skiing again. Uh, mentioned that she'd been skiing well this season. Uh, just two misses to make it uh, four top tens from four races so far this season. Uh, it's taking a look, and she's actually already got more points so far this season after four races uh, than if you combine the rest of her career points combined. Um, so a really impressive leap here from the uh, the 24-year-old, and hopefully we'll see her on the, on the podium soon. In fifth place, and... Uh, Maybe excluding Ekhoff, arguably the performance of the day was Johanna Schottheim, uh, the Swede. Uh, she was the only athlete other than Ekhoff to shoot clear. That took her all the way up to fifth place from the 20th starting position she, she had. Uh, really impressive ski speed in the middle section of the race. Um, she was top five on laps three and four. Um, that fifth place finish had actually taken her up to third place in the overall race. Obviously very early days here, but that's a fantastic performance from her. And these two weekends in Finland. Uh, Tandravold and Preuss both put in a good shift today. Uh, two misses for each of them, uh, but it was 11th place to 6th place for Tandravold and a jump from 16th to 7th place for Preuss, who finished as the top German once all was said and done. It was a tough day on the range for Elvira Erberg. Uh, the younger of the sisters had a penalty loop on each of the four shoots, uh, Sora dropped down from third place to eighth, but overall, I think a top ten finish for Elvira. Another strong, strong day for her. Looked a bit tired as well once she got over the line, and uh, again, like her sister, who can blame her? It's been a, a great start to the season for Herberg, the younger. Uh, top ten that was rounded out by two other really impressive performances. Uh, Emma Lunder, the Canadian, having an absolutely brilliant day to finish ninth. It was actually as high as 6th uh, coming into the final shoot there, but uh, a miss put her down to 8th and then just passed by Elvira on the last lap. But ninth place, top 10 for Emma Lunder, really, really great performance. Uh, just behind her was Justine Brezard-Boucher, um, who had a great day on the skis, jumping up from 33rd to 10th place, second fastest ski speed of the day. Um, so I'm really excited to see how she's going to Sort of if she converts that uh, over into Hotfilson next week in Austria there. Um, so outside the top 10, obviously a couple of big jumps, a uh, couple of really good performances. Uh, Pavlova, the Russian, uh, jumped 31 places. She ended up in 13th from 44th. Uh, nothing to uh, sniff at there. Uh, also a good one for Lisa Teresa Hauser. Uh, the Austrian finished up 15th. She started 43rd, just one place ahead of her. Uh, Pavlova there. Uh, Simone of France on better form today. She's had a tough start to the season, um, as have uh, quite a few of the, the French team. But much better day for her. She ended up 17th 
from a 56th starting position there, almost missing out on the pursuit altogether, which is uh, not what we'd expect to see from uh, Julia Simon at all. On the flip side, though, really tough day for her teammate, uh, Anais Chevalier-Boucher. She was fantastic in the sprint, uh, had a really good relay, which we'll look at in a second as well. But four misses in the first standing shoot, uh, seven overall on the day, really putting pay to her chances. She ended up 21st, um, so not not a fantastic day, but she'll she'll take a lot of uh, a lot of good good feeling out of this weekend. I think that second place in the sprint was was excellent. And it's unusual to see Doro Vera missing two in the final shoot, uh, but that's exactly what she did do, and I reckon um, she'll just be glad to get out of Finland and over to Austria. Form obviously she won that first individual, uh, great performance there, but really dipped after that, um, and. Really started to see that actually, and if you look at the lap times, really, uh, really started to tire on laps four and five, the the final lap there. So I think yeah, tough day for Vera, uh, but she'll she's a class athlete, and we'll I'm sure we'll see her rebound just like we saw Rakoff uh, today. Um, also in the Italian team, Lisa Vitozzi, uh, really off the boil uh, today. She missed five of her first ten shots, just never got going. Um, finished well down the order. Uh, so early stages, of course, but uh, Dora Vera now 91 points behind Hannah Erberg, who leads the pack on 204 points. That's 36 ahead of Roisland, who's lurking there in second place. Uh, and it's over to Hockfilson next weekend, uh, where we'll have another sprint and another pursuit uh, in the women's there alongside the relays. So that'll do it for the women's side. Let's go back in time to Saturday. Uh, and do I sense the start of a beautiful rivalry there? We exited with Mark for card, but enter Sebastian Samuelson, the Swede, went into the fourth and final shoot neck and neck with the great Johannes Dingersbo after dragging himself up from 18th place. Great drama there as they both missed shot one. Looked like they'd be neck and neck uh, going out of that, but it was Johannes who blinked, missing the final shot. Samuelson held it together, took his first ever World Cup win. Uh, great day for the Swede um, to really just cap off what Hannah Herberg had been doing, of course, uh, with the women's well in the in the relays we'll look at. Uh, Samuelson admitted to, said he was emotional shooting next to Johannes, um, who he called a legend, quite rightly too, um, but absolutely held his nerve together. Great result from Samuelson. And... Um, yeah, maybe maybe he can keep this going. I thought it was going to be Phil Maillet or maybe even Jacqueline that was uh, going to take it to Johannes this year. But Samuelson looks like he, he might be the man for the job. Um, after his two penalties in that final shoot, uh, Johannes came out next to countryman Sterler Holm Ligred, uh, who'd done really brilliantly to be challenging for a podium after starting 22nd. Um, they were joined by France's Fabien Cloud, the three of them going into the final loop all all together. Uh, it was Ligreed who began to fade first as they started to go up the wall, uh, but the real shock was uh, was ahead when Cloud took flight, dropped Johannes. We didn't expect to see that. He collected an absolutely brilliant second place for the French team. Um, he missed three out of ten, Fabien Cloud, in the prone. Um, he came out of the second shoot of the day, 22nd, 
So an absolutely phenomenal second half of the race for Cloud there. He was quickest of the bunch on the third lap and the fourth lap, then shot clear on both of his standing shoots. Um, and yeah, fabulous result for him. Uh, and again, sort of uh, the French team struggling overall, but they are just picking up these good performances just to keep things ticking over. Uh, and it was Cloud's, Cloud's chance today, and he took it with both hands. Uh, relegating Johannes, of course, to third place. Um, he said afterwards on Facebook that the, the legs didn't feel the same, is what he said, uh, which is a bit of a worry. Um, but obviously, early days, and he's leading in the overall, so I wouldn't be that worried if you're a Johannes fan. Um, he also said, quite interestingly, that he'd be happy to leave Contiolati in the grey weather behind him. So uh, I had a quick look at the weather forecast in Hochfeldson, and I'm afraid it's not actually particularly sunny. So hopefully he'll be doing his... Um, he'll, he'll be praying to the weather gods for a bit of sun in Austria and a change in form. Although, change in form when you come in third. Not, not that necessary, really. Um, behind him, of course, as I said, got dropped on the climb, but a really happy-looking Sterler Ligred uh, coming home there. And I mean... After two rounds, he's turning into a real star already. Uh, excellent fourth shoot. Meant he jumped six places from 10th to 4th uh, in the range. Um, and really, yeah, his shooting's just been so impressive. Um, young man, especially under pressure. The pressure of a final shoot head-to-head -head with his rivals. They all blinked, he didn't, and, uh, and brought home the points. Two of the men who did blink uh, as they went into that final shoot... Um, but good days nonetheless were uh, Benny Dole and Jakob Fack, who finished 5th and 6th. I think they'll be a bit annoyed that they weren't involved in that sort of podium fight, though. Uh, both missed one in that final shoot. Um, saw, obviously, Lager going clear um, to join Cloud and Johannes. Uh, Christiansen, another solid top 10 for the Norwegian. He's steady, sort of, as per for him. Um, tougher day for Jacqueline, who had been absolutely burning his way around the tracks and shooting unbelievably quickly. Sort of um, Johannes in his pomp, um, sort of reminded you of. Uh, but on target, for once, uh, he was right in the mix coming in to shoot four with the, the other athletes we mentioned, but he missed twice there. Um, so while eighth from 39th is undoubtedly a, a good day for, uh, for Jacqueline, I think it's a bit of, um, a bit of a what could have been for him. Uh, could have been so much better. But 8th place, good good points for uh, for the Frenchman. Uh, Johannes Dale also missing two there en route to a ninth place. Uh, and a better day for Fiomaye, who jumped from 30th to 10th, with just the two misses overall for him. Uh, outside the top 10, it was a, a curse from me. My pick to go clear and get on the podium, Erlen Biontegaard, promptly missed four. Um, and dropped out of the top 10. Uh, sprint winner Talia Bow, who started us off, will be a bit disappointed, I think. Uh, he missed three on the first shoot, which he obviously wouldn't have wanted, but he worked really hard and, and had done a fantastic job working his way from 15th after that shoot up to third for the final shoot. Um, but as many others did, two misses for Talia. That sunk his chances. Uh, he ended up finishing 12th. Ponceoloma continues to ski like an absolute rocket ship. Um, but uh, not not shooting with much accuracy. He missed six, adding um, 900 metres onto the course in penalties. 
uh, for the Swede. He was somehow still only one minute six down, though, in 14th. So, I mean, it, if he can carry on the ski speed, there's going to be a day where he where he hits them all, and Ponsaloma's uh, always going to be a man to watch this season if uh, these first two rounds in Contilati are anything to go by. Uh, elsewhere, looking down the list here, a uh, fair enough day for Julian Aberhart. He shot nicely, just the two misses for him. Uh, he finished 17th after a 37th um, place finish in the sprint, so fairly down the order for this pursuit. Uh, tough day for the beard, though, as Benny Vega dropped all the way from 4th to 23rd. Uh, not a good shooting day for Benny at all there. Um, so I think that will do us uh, for the pursuits there, but before we move on to the relays... Let's take a quick look at how this affects the overall race on the men's side. Uh, Johannes leads, of course. Uh, 35 points behind him, though, comes Samuelson. Uh, Jakob Fack, again, a great weekend for him. He's He's been fantastic since third overall. Um, my tips to be the challenger to Johannes this year, Fionn Maillet and Jacqueline, down in 8th and 15th at the moment. Um, but early stages, as we know. So that's the pursuits done, and let's move on to the relay races. So we didn't quite get the head-to-head -head action in the relay races that we did in the pursuits, uh, but it was all good stuff, all good to watch as always. Uh, I think in terms of the winners, it really just did go with the form book in both races. Sweden continued their fabulous form in the women's race, uh, while the Norwegian men, it was, who took home the victory earlier today. So we'll start with the Saturday's race, the women's race. A fairly windy one in the end, which made shooting tough, um, kept things interesting. The story of the first leg was really just an absolute nightmare for the Norwegian team. Uh, it was Njotun who started off for them. She had a fall early, which not ideal at all. She tangled with, uh, I think it was Zuich of Austria. That then seemed to have uh, possibly affected the rifle um, as she missed, then had all sorts of trouble getting the spares in uh, and just absolutely bled time to the leaders. Uh, at the front, it was uh, shot time and uh, Kimbayova of Sweden and Belarus uh, after the standing shoot who were at the front of the race. Uh, both shooting well in, as I said, what were tough conditions. Um, Newton, meanwhile, was on the penalty loop. Uh, she exchanged in 19th at the end, 2 minutes 39 down. Uh, she handed over to Tyrrell Eckhoff. Um, it was good shooting in the prone from uh, Largeschneider uh, of Italy. That put them into the lead. Um, but the star of the second leg was almost the star of the sprint races. It was Anais Chevalier-Boucher. Following up that great second place in the sprint, overtaking the leaders in the standing shoot here on the second leg, uh, needing just the one spare. Uh, Mona Brawson of Sweden, she was skiing nicely, uh, exchanged just under 10 seconds back. Uh, meanwhile, a long way back, Ekhoff was having all sorts of trouble. Uh, she pushed really hard on the skis on the first lap. Um, she was second quickest on the leg overall. Um, she was... I guess maybe maybe that tied her out for the shoots, though. Uh, she shot poorly. She ended up handing over 3 minutes and 36 back in 18th place. Uh, so the Norwegians just having all sorts of trouble. 
Uh, luckily for Akoff, I've already covered. She uh, she redeemed herself today. Um, but from there on out, it was really just the Erberg show. Elvira Erberg on the third lap, uh, third, uh, sorry, not the third lap, on the third, third stint there, uh, closing the gap on uh, Chloe Chevalier, who was skiing for the French. Uh, Elvira halved the gap by the first shoot, caught Chevalier on the second, um, and shot nicely to flip that advantage and led by over 10 seconds into the last exchange. It was good work from Doro Vera. Uh, she'd vaulted Italy up into the top three, just ahead of Germany, over a minute clear of the rest of the field on the uh, on that third lap. Unfortunately, she then uh, handed over the anchor leg to Federica Sanfilippo, um, took her turn to have a bit of a meltdown in solidarity with the Norwegians. As she had real trouble on the range, like Njotun had, uh, she couldn't get her spares into the gun. Um, and San Felipe, unfortunately, not the quickest on the skis either. She tumbled down um, after that top three handover. She ended up sixth place for the Italians. Uh, there was no such troubles at the front, though. Uh, Hannah Erberg getting the exchange from Elvira in first place. Stormed the first lap, shot very nicely to take a 17-second lead. Uh, never looked back from that point. She just coasted home to win. Um, after the race, a uh, real classy move, I thought, from Hannah. Um, she was on Instagram afterwards, uh, giving a shout-out to the Swedish athletes that didn't actually make the team. Uh, Lim Persson, Anna Magnusson, and uh, and Hoiberg there. Uh, so really nice to see from uh, from Erberg, who sort of looks like he's really taken that leadership role in the Swedish team who are doing so well um, this uh, this year. That win, of course, was actually their first relay win since 2011. Nine years they've waited for that win. So it was uh, well-deserved. And um, and as I say, went with the form book. They lived up to it. Um, it was Justin Brezard-Boucher um, in second place. She did all she could. She had a great run, I thought. Uh, she brought home second... Uh, Germany were comfortably third with Denise Herman uh, also anchoring very nicely. So there were sort of fair, fairly big gaps in between um, the first three. Uh, it was a, a huge win for Sweden, as I say, the first one since 2011. Um, really dominant. Um, and they they sort of may have been favourites, but it's it's one thing to be the favourites going into the race. It's another thing entirely to to deliver on that promise. And meanwhile... Really just a bit of a humiliation for the Norwegian team. Uh, Tandrevold and Roisland did their best to uh, to come back, but they could only only raise them up to 8th place by the finish. They were over 3 minutes down on the Swedes. Uh, outside the top 3, it was a really great comeback for Russia, actually. They took full advantage of mistakes uh, in and around them. Uh, really impressive form from Yuliana Kaisheva on the Ankalev. She shot clear, posted the fastest lap um, on that uh, on that particular lap, just after the prone. Uh, to get back in touch, she passed the Czechs, Austrians, Ukrainians, and Italians um, to pick up fourth place for the Russians. Um, so kind of, yeah, under-the-radar performance of the day, really, from Kai Shaver, um, the Russian anchor. So good to see for her. Um, also positive further down from the US team, who finished ninth? Susan Dunkley started off really well on the prone, fell off in the standing shoot a little bit, 
Um, but nice for them to um, to get a top 10 finish. And, of course, to beat the Canadians, who were unfortunately lapped and uh, had to pull out accordingly. I think Switzerland will be pretty gutted with a 10th place. Uh, they were they were on real hot form last year. The Gasparins and Lena Heike, of course. Uh, all really went wrong for them on the first standing shoot uh, with Elisa Gasparin uh, missing quite a few there. And they sort of tumbled down the order and never never got back in touch. Um, I was looking over to the men's race, uh, which was earlier on today, first race of Sunday. Uh, it was different names, um, but a similar overall feel for the race uh, in the men's relay. Norway led throughout every exchange in the day. Thoroughly professional performance from the Norwegians. Um, maybe sort of uh, under a little bit of pressure after the women's performance the day before uh, to come in with that. I was interested beforehand uh, just to see who they'd go with in the Norwegian team. Obviously, there's really six uh, Norwegians going into four places there. They went with Sterla Ligred. He got the nod over Johannes Dahle and Erlen Bjorntegaard and repaid that faith with a great opening leg. Uh, he looked absolutely locked in. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, just as he was on the start line, really focused um, as as they uh, waited to get going. Um he led from the front, uh, really, really aggressive skiing from Ligret, actually, over the first lap, um, shooting well, as we're becoming accustomed to see from him, and needed just two spares uh, in his shooting. Uh, also want to mention Mikita uh, Labastal, um, the Belarusian athlete. Uh, the Belarusian team really sort of fell apart afterwards, but Labastal shot clear, skied really nicely, he he handed over neck and neck with Ligreed, obviously won a race already this season. Um, he's had a fairly average start to the season individually, um, but I'm hoping that, that really gives him a bit of confidence to push on from there, and that was nice to see. Uh, also, sort of mirroring what happened in the in the women's race, the story really of the first lap was, again, a horror show for Emilian Jacqueline. Uh, Norway had done it in the women's, uh, it was France's turn today. Um, we'd said in the last show after the sprint races that uh, Jacqueline just seemed, it really just seems hell-bent on shooting this rapid-fire um, tactic. It's, it's what we used to see Johannes do. Then sort of Maze got in his ear, told him to calm it down, and then we saw him winning record numbers of races in a season. Um, but Jacqueline's in... In that sort of space at the moment, he shot ridiculously fast. And if you're missing that many targets, then there's no reason um, no reason to do it. He was missing targets like his life depended on it in that first one. Three penalty loops for him. And France were basically just out of it from the start. Uh, it was a great shot of the French coach just looking... Not not a happy bunny. Shaking his head. I imagine he had some uh, some choice words for Emilian afterwards. Um, obviously, a, an absolutely great talent. If he can hit targets shooting that fast, he's going to be winning races. But it's a high-risk strategy. And uh, if you compare it, say, to obviously the less experienced Ligrid, who was on the same leg, uh, you'd you'd really think it was the other way around. You'd think that Ligrid was the more experienced man. Um, but no, obviously he's a world champion, and I think we're going to see him winning races this year. But I think he just needs to calm it down a bit uh, and then just let the, let the skin do the talking. Take care of the targets, and uh, and he should be should be good to go. Story of the second leg, meanwhile, was Benny Vega, 
Uh, after missing five, as I mentioned, in a disappointing pursuit race, the beard was back. He was shooting clear, posted the fastest leg two, and put Switzerland back in a great position, uh, third at the halfway point, after um, there'd been a bit of a tumble uh, in the early stages for their first athlete, Stalder. Um, he sort of took the inside, inside line around the corner and uh, just cut it a little bit too fine, hit the ground. Didn't lose too much time, but not, not the greatest start. Uh, but Vega turned that round for them. A uh, bit of drama on leg two for Andre Morovets. Uh, he broke a pole after um, after a good leg and all. Uh, lost his pole, uh, broke it in the in the sort of slushy snow there. Um, then tried to regroup, tried to move his uh, pole from his right hand to his left hand. Took a tumble trying to do that. Um, so all a bit of a mess for Morovets. Um, but uh, but but a good run from him overall. Deadly again on the range. Uh, going clear, as I said. Uh, solid stuff from Christensen in the lead, though. He got uh, Thursday's winner, Tiger Bow, off with a slight lead over uh, Arndt Pfeiffer of Germany for leg three. Uh, the two veterans then went head-to-head. Uh, Pfeiffer made no real mistakes, um, but he was a bit more measured, um, took his shots, uh, slowly but surely just lost a bit of contact with Bow. Uh, his lead eked out to around 24 seconds at the final exchange. Uh, the big mover on leg three was, uh, yet again, Martin Ponsoloma. Uh, his great form on the skis continued. He took Sweden from 10th place to 3rd place, uh, really continuing the good work that Jesper Nellen had done on the second leg. As Pep Femling uh, struggled on the opening shoot, lost about 30 seconds to the leaders. Um, but after that, they really just kept that gap of 30 seconds. So as others started to fall down, the Swedes just moved past them. So on to the fourth leg. And uh, and Johannes did give us a little bit of drama in the closing stages. Uh, he looked good initially, uh, skiing well. Shot the first four of the prone targets down. But then four attempts, I think, yeah, four attempts in the end uh, to hit that last target. If we'd have seen a penalty loop there... I think the race would have really been on, uh, but the gap was big enough that uh, he only needed one spare on the standing shoot, and the uh, the result was never really in doubt. Uh, broken pole, second of the day, that we saw at least, uh, on the last loop. Uh, that didn't spoil the Norwegian party, though. Uh, said afterwards that he felt like he was in charge, and he really looked like it too. Pretty, what well, looked like a pretty easy day for the Norwegians, uh, but obviously... That's just how they make it look sometimes. Uh, so it was the, ended up being the battle for second and third, where the best viewing was. Um, we've already sort of waxed lyrical about Seb Samuelson's performance in the pursuit, but he was on inspired form again. He had the fastest leg of everyone on the day, just needed the one spare en route to overhauling Benny Doll for second place. Uh, and when you think that Sweden were only ranked seventh, in the world last season on relay form. It's a, that's a really fantastic result um, for the team, even without the uh, the win. That did mean that uh, it was Benny Dole and the Germans who lost out. I thought he had a fine race, though. Uh, no disgrace in losing out to really the two on-form by athletes of the season so far. Um, but he looked really disappointed as he, he crossed the line. I think it was Eric Lesser um, sort of giving him a tap on the shoulder and a little pep talk. I don't think Eric minded uh, minded getting third place too much at all. Uh, do we want to mention two other anchor legs that uh, that impressed me? 
Uh, first up, uh, another man did not look pleased when he crossed the line. That was Alexander Loganov. Uh, he absolutely flew around his uh, his second lap on the skis. His prone shooting was as quick um, as it's ever been. Uh, but he, he did lose it on the stand, um, but he got himself back into contention. And fourth place for the Russians, I don't think that's a bad result at all um, for them. And they were they were in the mix for that podium place going into the last shot. Um, also want to give a bit of credit to Switzerland's Niklas Hartweg. Uh, he's just 20 years old. Uh, this season's his first taste of the World Cup. Been racing in the junior races last year. Um, to give an idea of sort of where he is, he finished all the way down in 91st in the sprint race, um, the first of the season. Um, but he's won races as a junior. He had a bronze medal in last year's junior European Championships. So there's a the sort of pedigree is there, um, but he was up against the best in the world, the, the anchor leg here, and and he did really well, equipped himself really well. I thought uh, he was in a, within a minute when you took the leg as a whole with a, a world champion like Benny Dull. So fair, real fair play to him, um, taking the uh, taking the job, the anchor leg, pressure on him, ninth place, uh, not a bad result for the Swiss at all. And Christian Gal also uh, did did really nice work on the last leg. Quite a long way down for the Canadians. Um, but he had the fastest shooting performance on that leg. Um, as I say, not, not a great place for them, but they beat the Americans. So that's sort of uh, one apiece uh, in that battle for North America there. Um, we'll keep uh, keep track of that as we go through the relays. But I think that's uh, that's quite enough of me droning on for one night. So we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much again for listening to the Biathlon Podcast. Uh, I'll see you next week for round three in Hockfilson.